Hey there, and welcome to the first episode of MVP Podcast. Today, we're going to start off a little bit different since this is the first episode. I have my friend Letty Sanchez here with me. Hello. And she has graciously offered to interview me so that you guys know what I and this experience is all about. Excellent. So when you reached out to me with your vision for your podcast, you shared that the goal of the podcast was going to showcase leaders who live through their mission, vision, and passions. So I couldn't think of a more deserving person, of course, to lead a podcast of such content as you. So I felt it was important that you share your journey in creating Vine Collective. So Mm -hmm. let's start with the first question. Take us back to the start. What got you into marketing as a whole? So it's kind of a funny story because I, I never actually took a course in marketing in college. I declared marketing as my major, um, but never even took one class. I had a scholarship in theater, so I took those classes. And then in order to continue getting scholarships, I stayed in theater and I loved it. I loved every part of it. Um, then... Once I graduated, I went, I had been working at a high-end restaurant in downtown Austin and I went to the owner and said, Hey, I've got to get another job. I have a college degree now. It's in theater. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, you know, I don't want to wait tables anymore. And he said, well, Hey, we have, uh, just hired a consulting company and they've been watching our business and they recommended that you take over this new role of director of sales and marketing for our restaurant. And I said, oh my gosh, that's a real job. Yes, I will take it. That sounds wonderful. So I worked there for four years. And the first thing I did was get every single book I could find on marketing. I joined the Chamber of Commerce. I started going to all these conferences and sessions that the Chamber provided, networking my tail off and just building my network and knowledge. But that was actually my immediately I had this foundation of brand experience um, where I fully immersed myself and realized that marketing isn't just about advertisements. Uh, As a restaurant, it's all about experience. Um, So I immediately said I need to be on the management team and and go to every single meeting that they had. We need to uh, increase the quality of our um, our uniforms, make sure the bathrooms were clean, the hostesses were what we expected because if I was going to go out and sell and market um, directly or through traditional advertising, that the experience had to match the level of expectation that the the users had or the clients, customers had when they walked in. So I've, from day one, been all about experience. And I really think that my background in theater helps that as well. Kind of pulls it all together. Mm-hmm. Cool. So the name of your business, obviously, mm-hmm. Buying Collective, it's pretty intriguing. Where does that come from? Well, I knew immediately when I figured out this business that I wanted something that connected to the earth and to the community. Vines are very resilient and hardy plants that mingle with their surroundings like no other plant. They are growth-oriented. Most varieties are not sensitive and have relatively no bounds, and they always reach for the sunlight. I, I, there's just something about vines that are really amazing. We're sitting in, in my um, living room right now and there's all sorts of different plants. Um, but uh, the collective part is that we are a collection of dreamers and makers. 
Um, I've worked throughout my career to find who I think is the best at their craft and I hold on to them and, and that's my collective. That's really cool. So what does this phrase mean to you? Creating meaningful brand experiences for meaning filled organizations. I believe strongly that brand is more than a series of advertisements and crafted messages. I mentioned that, that earlier, that it's really just been the core of my thought of business um, for a very long time. And brand is more of an ongoing dialogue between customers, vendors, employees, and everyone who comes in contact with your business. Uh, I've developed this tagline for Vine because I feel strongly that Businesses and leaders who are driven by a passion sometimes need to be reminded that they can use that passion to drive meaning throughout their organization, filling their team members with pride and their customers with loyalty. I mean, this looks different for every company because of goals and budget and the ideal customer are all different. But if you think of marketing as a way to have a dialogue and a communication uh, and um, touch points with customers. It's like the hug with your children. It's, you know, there's discipline, but what, what's better than like just saying, I really care. And it's those caring times when you create loyalty with your customers and your vendors. And I, I, I bring that all together, customers, vendors, and employees, because that is brand. It's not just your customer facing communication. So that's, that's where, um, meaningful brand experiences comes into play. It's, it's more than just advertising. That's really cool. So looking back, are there any indications when you think about your childhood that foreshadowed you becoming an entrepreneur that was specifically focused on living through your purpose? I started working when I was eight years old and I've been working ever since. Um, not just because I needed to, but because I also just really loved making, or I really loved working. I loved the, um, the pride of doing a good job. Uh, of course I love the praise <laughs> that people would give me. And I think that's a big motivator for me. But, um, and I started working when I was eight, making $2 an hour busing tables in a small place in a tourist town for a, f- a friend of my mom's and then the owners liked me so much that they invited me to keep working. And, um, I worked there for four years by the time, you know, af- I guess by the time I was 12, I had three jobs. <laughs> so I was, I've always been interested in creating my own world. You know, my, I grew up really poor. Um, and so we couldn't always afford, you know, school clothes and, um, and you know, extras. And so I felt a lot of pride in being able, being able to do that for myself and sharing that my earnings with my friends and my brother and my sister. Um, this is the first time that I've worked in or developed a purpose driven organization, but, um, even when I was 11 years old, I can distinctly remember lying in bed and thinking about trying to create a shelter for homeless children, not necessarily, um, you know, children without families, but uh, a place that was 
warm and beautiful and comfortable and felt more like a hotel than a cold, you know, place to go when you're desperate. Uh, I specifically remember thinking that um, that parents weren't allowed because <laughs> parents fight and they bring drama and we could just like have fun. And then I wondered, well, should we have adults even work there? Like, you know, we have to have some order. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> I thought about this. And yeah. Like, and then finally I was like, okay, but how is it going to be funded? And so I'm 11 years old thinking, like, how is this all going to work? Um, and so over the years, I've thought of all of a lot of different um, types of organizations to create. I hadn't, this is the first time I've really jumped out and been confident enough to make anything happen with it. But those ideas have always been in my head. That's really cool. Sounds like you've always had a sense of responsibility mm. and it came to fruition. What's interesting is that your sense of responsibility is all linked around giving back to others, which mm. is not very common. So oh. you should be proud of that. Thank you. So tell me about that moment when you knew you wanted to start your own business. You had it, you were in it. What was that scenario? Like what was that vision that you had that you decided, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And did you stray from that vision or maybe adjust your vision as you traveled down the path? So my entire vision of me changed about two years ago. Uh, it was November and I had been invited by some really wonderful friends to an Austin Woman magazine event. It's a 15-year anniversary party, I think. It's huge. They do this big party every year, but it was really big. It was their 15-year anniversary. Um, Melinda Garvey, who's the founder of Austin Woman magazine, she and I were members of Choose Austin First when she founded it. And so uh, I felt like an extra sense of pride that I knew her when she started this thing. And now there's this room. It's It was a whole hotel bottom floor buyout kind of thing, huge event. Um, and the, the lunchroom had at least a thousand women and they were all incredibly wonderful, beautiful, talented, strong, empowering women who all were there to support each other and her and, um, women in business, uh, and, and women who, you know, don't want to be in business, the whole thing, just supporting women. And there were several speakers and one of them was a, uh, had been a host, a well-known host on HGTV. Um, she's an interior designer and artist. And one of the things she said, I, the whole time, I just felt like I was in the zone and writing notes like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. What? Oh my gosh, it's awesome. Um, but there's this one quote that I feel like is in my bones forever now. And she said that she changed the way that she lived when she realized that for her, happiness was a balance between roots and wings. And I feel like I could have heard that a million times before, um, but it just happened to hit me at that moment, you know, growing up in a really unstable place. I moved every single year, if not more, my entire life. Eighth grade, I went to five different schools. Um, and so once I was in control of my own life, I had, I was, 100% focused on building roots. And I didn't realize that, but I used to say to my friends that all I really wanted was a house with flowers in the yard, pictures on the walls, and matching dishes. <laughs> so here we are. And <laughs> I have that now. But um, 
And that was that stability. It was really important to mm-hmm. me. It's important to most people, but um, it just, I, I was aware of it. And so I was, I wanted to build these roots. So I'm sitting here in this ballroom and I had, um, you know, put myself through college and had um, found a way to now by this time was the vice president for an advertising agency in Austin, Texas. It's like, whoa, I'm at the top of my game. And I, I realized, oh my gosh, I have really, really deep roots. Where are my wings? <laughs> what have I done? Um, and I wasn't sad about it. I was just, you know, as I'm hearing these inspirational um, speeches and really powerful women, I thought, I've, I can do whatever I want to do. So I had been thinking for years I want to, you know, write an autobiography because my story is interesting and I think empowering. Um, And so I actually decided right then to go ahead and start writing my autobiography. But um, and I've gotten a little bit on it, but not that far. But the, the, the big thing is that once I changed that mindset from I can't to I can, or I'm not good enough to I'm everything I need to be, then my whole world opened up. And that's when I started thinking, I know I want to do something different. What do I want to do? I, so I, I knew that I and some of the people that I was working with uh, were not really feeling like we were in the right space. We loved advertising. We loved what we did. Um, but we wanted to be saving children and the environment <laughs> and, you know, really making a difference. And, it, it you know, when you're 100% in somebody else's brand, but you don't believe in it, that's really hard to promote. And sometimes you believe in it, but it's kind of neutral, you know, like a hotel room, like, all right, well, everybody needs hotel rooms, but like, what are they doing to improve the world? Right. So we were all asking ourselves these questions and I thought, maybe I should start a green roofing business or I should, you know, and I'm going, you know, solar, you know, all these crazy different ways and, um, you know, save the children type of, uh, businesses. And then I thought, I, there's a huge curve, learning curve to that. Why don't I just do what I know to do and promote those businesses who are already doing that well, or that have figured it out. They just don't know how to take their story to the world. And that's when I decided there's a little more to the story, but that's that's pretty much when it got going. Yeah. Love it. All right. Good. So when when you were going through that story, okay, mm-hmm. I, you sounds like you had a lot of division. You had it's pretty laid out, and you knew kind of the path that you wanted to go on. When you look back in hindsight of going down that path and actually putting it in motion, is there anything you would have done differently? You know, my first inclination is to say that I would have started it sooner. I would have, you know, had you know had the confidence in myself to just jump and and start making a difference sooner. But I will say that um, the 14 years that I worked at the agency, I learned so much about, uh, so we we grew the agency from two or three people to a a company that, you know, works with Dell and UT and Hilton Austin and these, you know, big brands. And I was really, really proud 
of all of that growth and still am. I'm proud of everything that I did with that agency, but there's no way that I would have been able to do what I'm doing now had I not been given the tools and foundation that David Smith, the owner of the company that I worked for, um, provided to me and with me. You know, we were at a point where, I mean, I guess throughout the years, he was um, gracious enough to share everything with me and, and ask me questions and trust in me that, um, that I knew the answers and that we, or that we could find the answers out together. And I think without that foundation of knowledge, I wouldn't have the ability or the confidence to do what I'm doing now. So, um, so there's no way I could have done it sooner. This was just the right time and right place. And so far, I haven't been in business long enough to know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we'll figure that out. and We'll have this conversation in a couple of years. All right. So tell me a little bit more about um, what makes your business unique. So there are becoming a lot of agencies, marketing companies that focus on clients who contribute to the social good. Mm -hmm. So that in and of itself is, isn't unique. Uh, it's unique enough in the great big world of advertising that it's something that, um, that people currently think is unique. But the biggest difference is that, um, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about, uh, bringing your brand inside We work with leadership to keep their mission and vision thriving inside the company, not just on the outside. It's not just messaging. We do our best to direct decisions that keep the company on the path of their vision. So it's not just about now the leadership or mar the marketing director tells us this is what we're doing, and so we put around, you know, we developed develop a. Uh, superficial campaign to say this is what our goals are or this is the target audience that we're going after. We work with leadership internally to help them make those decisions to stay true to their passion so that when we are doing the uh, internal communication to the employees, external communication to the uh, customers, that it's really true. It's true to the vision and um, and there's a lot of hard decisions that, that business owners have to make once they leap into making it happen. And um, sometimes it doesn't seem like the right decision. Or sometimes the CFO feels like, well, we just have to save money, save money, save money. But it's worth it to spend more money on certain things if it'll get you further in your mission or your passion. Uh, and if leadership is clear about that throughout, then the rest of the team is empowered and understands what the right decisions are without having to be told or go back to leadership or be afraid. Yeah. Sounds like you, you focus more on culture instead of image, which is it's all of it. Yeah. It's both total difference. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Don't go anywhere. I'm just taking a short break to thank one of our sponsors, 5d show services. 5D is a full-service trade show, display, graphics, and services company with over 30 years of experience. They partner with companies of all sizes to help plan and execute the best trade shows and events on time and on budget. 
I've worked with Danny at 5D for over 15 years and continue to be impressed with the level of service and quality he and his team provide. For more information on their capabilities, visit 5dshowservices.com. That's the number 5D showservices.com. So what keeps you up at night as a business owner and what motivates you? It's funny. Oh, well, my kids keep me up at night, (laughs) but, um, I, I feel like I sleep better now than I did in my previous life. I don't know if it's because I'm more confident and happy about what I'm doing or, um, I I don't know, but I, I don't, I don't stay up at night worrying. Um, I get my stuff done and I move on. I do. I think now that I have team members that are relying on me, I, I, sometimes worry about making sure that I am making the right financial decisions to keep them where they need to be. But the motivation is really about making a difference in the world. Um, I want to make sure that I'm positively impacting the lives of as many people as possible through the work that I do and the life that I live. And that is my motivation for work and life. Awesome. So talk to me a little bit more about that. When it comes to the decisions that you get to make that are aligned with your mission, your vision, and your passions. Every single decision a leader makes will impact the lives of others in some way. So that's true of all people. Any, you know, it's the ripple effect. Any decision that you make will have an impact on uh, it's like the butterfly effect. It's all those things. But when you're a leader, you're, you're really directly affecting so many more people. So it begins with, for me, the way I speak to my team, how I deliver expectations, how I listen to their ideas and their feedback. Uh, even if I don't agree or don't take that direction, I let them know that they're, they're uh, valued and, and um, powerful. Um, I thank them constantly because I'm truly thankful for them. Uh, and I also select the clients, vendors, and customers that align with those values. And it's funny because I talk to several, you know, different types of, of business owners, leaders, people in the world. And when I say that uh, Vine Collective works with, you know, mission-driven or passion-driven companies, they're like, oh, so nonprofits? Not always. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, so, uh, I work with people who just are really passionate. Sometimes they just do a great job and they're passionate about making a difference for their clients. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily, you know, feeding starving children. Um, but they are doing a phenomenal job at what they do and bringing power and love and improvement to the world. So that's the litmus test for me. So if you do run up against a client or vendor consumer um, that perhaps, I guess would be client more of consumer that are not in alignment. How do you work through that? That's a great question. So, so far, all of my uh, customers have been through either they came with me from my previous company or they've been referrals. Uh, One came through my website. My website, I, 
purposefully wrote my website content to be incredibly clear about what I, what we, what Vine Collective wants to be, what our goals are. And I, I thought about this when I was writing the content, like, oh my gosh, if I don't say like value prop and you know, these, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. we're going to draw a profit for you right now, right now, right now, <laughs> then, um, then some business owners are going to be turned away. And I decided that's fine. Those are not the customers that I want. So there was an agency owner who told me, um, a couple of years ago that your, your marketing and messaging should turn people away just as much as it invites people in. And I, I agree with that. If you are not positioning yourself in a way where some people say, no, I don't want that, <laughs> then you're not clear enough and you're not differentiated enough. So um, I feel like that has really helped. But uh, I had one client or prospect that, um, that wasn't a good fit and I just had a really direct conversation and said, you know what? I don't think that we're the best partner for you right now. I like these ideas and those ideas, but I don't think we're going to be able to move the needle for you. And um, I don't, uh, I don't want you to be held back by our lack of passion or, uh, you know, the ability for us to do a good job for you. And um, it doesn't align with what we're trying to do. And they were really respectful. And I think we're both more successful for that. So I just try to constantly check myself um, and be honest. I also realize that I don't want to be fighting for sales. I don't, I will not fight to keep a client if they want to leave. Um, and sometimes it's a, you know, it's a short separation because of, uh, finances or, you know, something that happens in their business that's not, um, has nothing to do with Vine Collective. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just like every other relationship in the world. These relationships come and go and the more open and direct and honest you can be, the healthier it's, it's going to be, the healthier the relationship. So that, that's how I look at communication with everybody. That, uh, and I, I do feel like the whole old adage of, you know, it's not business, it, or it's not personal, it's business, mm-hmm. isn't true. Mm-hmm. Everything is personal. And if you treat business like that, then um, communication is not easy, but your relationships become easier. Excellent. Okay. So why do you think it's important for business owners to incorporate their purpose into their business? It's absolutely essential for leaders to incorporate their mission and their values into their business. The more it's, it's been proven time and time again that the more clear a leader is on their, their mission, um, the more loyal their employees are and the more profitable the company is, the longer they stay in business. Most business owners, leaders, CFOs think that they need to be driven by the profit 
line alone, you know, always be, uh, always be iterating, always be, you know, you're, they're, they're always looking at the product, but if they're not looking at the customer, they're not looking at the value they provide and they don't have a consistent mission or vision to go back to as a litmus, then your users, your customers, your, um, your employees get confused and they're not motivated. So if there's something that they feel like they're living for or by, then they will work harder, smarter, longer, be willing to be paid less, and they, the, the uh, customers are willing to pay more. Um, you know, just looking at the most successful or looking at the, the most openly value-based organizations in the world they're the ones who um, have the longest term consistent success. All right. So when you come up against a brand who has no, or I'm sorry, a, a client who has no brand, what's the most difficult thing about building that brand from scratch? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> So again, all goes back to what is it you're trying to achieve? And not everybody has a um, <clears throat> what they say is a mission or a vision. Sometimes people think that they have to craft it or create it or go backwards. But most companies are created based on um, a problem that they're trying to solve. Uh, so a lot of new products are created by moms who say, why was this not created before? It would make my life so much easier. And then all of a sudden <clears throat> they have developed a new product and it's going to market. Um, so if you, if you are always clear about what it is you're trying to solve and who it is you're trying to solve it for, then you're looking at the value you bring to your customer and not... Uh, not just the message, not just the sales tool. So if you're, if you're constantly reminding yourself of what value do I bring to whom, then you are clear about it. So I, I also believe that it's really important to go ahead and step up, step out, and spend some money on branding. I know that that's coming from a branding person. So it's like, sure, sure. But I spend my own money on branding. I'm not a designer. I'm not a web developer. I, I don't do those things myself. I had to pay to have most of that done. Luckily, I know the right people, but, um, <clears throat> but it was worth it because I have seen in technology, in consumer products, in uh, you know, hotels, the businesses who invest in marketing and are clear about the value they bring to whom are the ones who skyrocket from the very beginning, sometimes before they even have a viable product. Just because if they're really providing value, then there's a hole in the marketplace and it, it'll be consumed. So that, that's my biggest advice. Be super clear about um, what value you bring to whom uh, and don't be afraid. The other thing is to not say, I think I want to do this, but there's these challenges and 
it may not have, but the more you say that to yourself, the slower you're going to be, the less likely you're going to succeed. So it's important to have that internal dialogue of, I am doing this because it's solving this problem for these people and it's really important. And if you are direct and clear with that message, then you first have to convince yourself, then you convince your team whether it's a hired team of outsourced people or people that you've hired internally and you're building that team, they need to be fully convinced of that. And that's where it, it all comes down to what is your mission? What are you trying to do? What's your purpose here? And are, how passionate are you? And sometimes even when you're solving the narrowest problem for the thinnest line of consumers, if you are super passionate about it, it will be felt by the people that you're talking to and the world and, and, and your surroundings. And that's, that's how our world works. It's an, we're an energy-based planet. And if your energy is positive and powerful, then so will your brand be. Love it. That's a powerful brand. <laughs> <laughs> so what advice do you have for someone who's interested in starting their own business? Mostly that it's going to be hard. There's no easy way to start a business. There's huge peaks, huge valleys. Um, I, you feel like you're schizophrenic because there's, you know, one day where you feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm so smart and powerful and awesome. And the next day you're going, Oh my God, what have I done? I just want a paycheck. Um, so surround yourself with people who are honest with you accept their honesty, but also, um, you want those people to say, okay, fine. This is your passion. I believe in you because there needs to be a balance. Not everyone will understand where you're going or why you're making the decisions you're making. So you have to have that confidence, but a, uh, a foundation of a strong community and it doesn't have to be like you have a huge community, but at least one or two people who are going to be honest with you and support you. You can't go it alone. Okay. So what is your favorite thing to do in your free time, your non work free time? If you have any, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so my favorite thing to do is be outside. Um, I love to garden. I'm not that great at it, but I do enjoy it. I love flowers. Um, I just really love spending time near water, outside, in the sun. You're very much a nature girl. I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can tell. And windows yeah, Nature everywhere. all over. <laughs> What's, what mantra would you say that you live by? I don't know if there's an exact mantra, but I love to bring happiness to others. You mentioned, you know, serving earlier, and sometimes it's so much that I annoy my husband because I'm always in the service of others. <laughs> He's like, just 
let them clean their own house. We're at a party. <laughs> but, um, but, but the truth of it is I want to bring as much happiness to others as humanly possible. So if I'm in New York City, I'm not afraid to smile at every single person and make eye contact. Uh, and uh, I mean, uh, maybe if they, they look super scary, I might not. But for the most part, I haven't found that. You know, I, I just really want to make my mark in this world not necessarily in business, but um, through all the little bitty things like talking to the people at the grocery store or, <laughs> you know, telling someone they look nice. You know, I decided a couple of years ago that I would not hold back a compliment. And that's really hard <laughs> because it's easy to say to your girl girlfriends, you know, oh, I love your hair or like I like your new earrings or whatever. But as a woman, telling a man that he looks nice today or wow, I like your haircut or your new hat. That's putting yourself in a really, it could be dangerous, precarious situation. So I had to say, you know, men don't get as many compliments as women. (laughs) Um, They need them just as much. So let me figure out a way to go ahead and put it out there. So I actually told a man on a subway in New York City that he was handsome. What? And I didn't get accosted. It was a great conversation. <laughs> you know, I told I went out, walked up to him. Of course, it was after a Tony Robbins co- uh, conference, so I was way over empowered uh, and full of love. But um, now I walked up to him and I said, "Please don't take this the wrong way. I'm married, but I just want you to know that you are such a handsome man." And he was like, "Oh, thank you so much." <laughs> And I could just see that, like, his shoulders dropped and he smiled. And um, we ended up talking for, like, two hours. He told me about his grandmother had just died and he was her caregiver. And, like, we went deep. And it was actually right after my mom passed away. And so there was a reason that we were... I feel like mm-hmm. supposed to talk that day. We still write emails to each other every once in a while. Um, and w- he lived in Queens and had never had a conversation on the train with somebody that he didn't know. Um, and so I, I just, I feel like those, those little, those human connection is so mm-hmm. important. And we've, gotten so far away from it as a society that will only talk to the people we already know or are introduced to. And I don't believe in that. I feel like you can have kindness and joy with absolutely every person that you meet. I have another shout out. This one is to Wimberly Films. This is a husband and wife team that loves the art of filmmaking. With over 20 years of experience capturing the magic of life and business, they transform moments and memories into tangible treasures. I've seen these folks in action and it's amazing. Their work is breathtaking. To see some of their work, look them up on Facebook or visit their website, wimberlyfilms.com. That's wimberlyfilms.com. Morning routine. Mm -hmm. Do you follow any specific morning routine or daily schedule to maximize your productivity and well-being? And we're talking like personally and professionally. I was just telling one of my team members yesterday, I don't have a routine yet still. (laughs) 
Um, I listen to all these other podcasts and, um, you know, they say, you have to have a morning routine if you want to be successful. And so I try and um, I have still two small children at home. So I still wake up through the night for, you know, somebody has an accident or somebody gets in my bed or is sick or whatever it may be. So I really need my sleep. And even in college, I couldn't get myself up in the morning to exercise. So I have an evening routine um, where I do three days a week, three or four days a week. I do yoga and meditate. And uh, I try to drink calming teas. And of course, my evening routine with my kids of, you know, bath and reading and bed to, to wind down. I notice a huge difference if I allow myself to work late. Laying down to bed, it takes me an extra 45 minutes to go to sleep. Whereas if I do yoga, meditate or read, it's almost immediate. I do, I want to say, um, I have a business coach and he has taught me a lot about the balance of work and life. As much as I value love and family, um, my, you know, growing up, it was taught to me that the greatest value is work. And so that's where a lot of my energy has gone throughout my life. And so I'm balancing that coming backwards. But one of the things that my coach taught me was a thing called Holoponopono. I think I'm saying that right. And I don't know if I know the entirety of it, but basically it is, um, it's kind of a mantra, uh, an internal dialogue of uh, saying, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And it doesn't always have proper context, but when you, or you don't always attach proper context to it, I should say. But when you fill your space, your empty space with saying those things, then you, it, it changes the way you have conversations, especially like with your spouse or your children. You know, if you start with, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me and thank you, it's hard to start with blame. Um, so that, that's n- not necessarily a routine, but it is a, it's a habit that I've worked into my life that's been really empowering. Excellent. So you've got, it sounds like you've got a, a routine somewhat down, or at least you have your go-tos. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the biggest challenge for you as an entrepreneur? Spending time on myself, it's not something that I have put value on. Um, you know, my husband's an introvert. He knows that he needs personal time. I get so supercharged in the presence of others. So the more people there are, the more power I receive. And um, that's probably why I talk to somebody on the subway in New York City. But... Um, I have found, and actually my business coach had to give me homework of, you have to spend one hour a day on yourself for one week. And oh my gosh, that was really hard. I only did it for one week. (laughs) That was concerted, like set time aside for yourself. So as an entrepreneur, I think that we all feel like business owners feel like you have to be constantly innovating and thinking about your business and growing your business. You know, if you're not growing, you're dying kind of concept. But I know this conceptually putting into practice is so much harder that the more time you take for yourself, 
the more energy you have to spend on good, productive ideas. Um, so that that's the hardest thing for me is taking a breath, pulling myself back. That's one habit that I've, I've um, brought into my life too is um, like purposeful deep breathing and breathing exercises that's changed a lot for me. Cool. All right. So you talked about your coach. Mm-hmm. Do you have specific uh, mentors and more than just the one coach? I mean, if so, tell us a little bit about it. I've, I've never had what I would call a mentor. I thought that I needed to search for one, but then realized that throughout my life, there have been some really amazing people who have taken me under their wing and given me wings through, um, you know, whether it was, I was, had no money and no place to live and they gave me a place to stay for a couple of months. And that, you know, just got me through a tough time and onto the next level and, um, stage chapter of my life. Um, from a business standpoint, or even life, but haven't really had a mentor, but I, I will say I have this bill small is my first coach and he is awesome and perfect for me. He holds me accountable, but not just to business. He makes sure that I'm enjoying life too. Uh, he helps me bring balance and clarity to all of my days and, uh, and he, he pushes me, but not so much that I push myself too hard. So, um, I, I highly recommend coaches, uh, and it's kind of, it's kind of like therapy and, uh, but it's, it's with, with Bill anyway, it's kind of like therapy for business and life at the same time. You don't have to get super personal, but if you have a coach who is willing and able to hear what's happening in your personal life, then, Um, allow them to make those suggestions because coaches think about life differently and they ask different questions and they realize a lot of them, most of them realize that your business cannot be successful if you are not mentally healthy. Very true. Okay. So how many people are on your team um, as a whole? And do you have any tips when it comes to hiring and growing, whether it be employees or contractors? Yeah, so my my team is really lean. I have a few dedicated team members who I'm super in love with and some more contractors. My best advice for hiring is to make sure that the values align with what you're trying to accomplish. Years ago, I heard a speaker who um, they said that it was a gentleman who had grown his business from two employees to over 200 in about five years. It was like super fast growth or really successful. They got purchased by another company. So he made millions. And then looking back, he said that one of the, the things that um, allowed him to grow so quickly and successfully and enjoy the process was his hiring. He said that when they were small, they would all pile into a van to go to lunch every day. So as they grew, the founders would ask themselves during the hiring process, would, would we want them in the van with us? <laughs> so that, awesome. yeah, totally awesome. <laughs> so that evolved to, are they van worthy? <laughs> so no matter how qualified a candidate was, if they weren't van worthy, they didn't hire them. 
<laughs> so I feel like, and I've seen this, like I've been working since I was eight years old and I know in my heart of hearts that there's nothing more true than skills can be taught. Mm-hmm. Attitude and core beliefs cannot. So uh, I, I would say just keep that in mind as you are hiring, whether and it's important for contractors too. A lot of companies think, well, this contractor, they're in and out. They're really not going to, but there's nothing worse for a business than a toxic person. Mm -hmm. One toxic person can bring down an entire department Mm -hmm. or company. So get rid of anything or anyone that is toxic. And sometimes you want to see if they're maybe they're just in the right, the wrong, in the wrong seat and, and that changing their location or their job makes them less toxic. Most of the time though, if they're really toxic and they're not communicating with you about what they need to be doing differently or their feelings of discomfort, they just need to be gone. It's time. All right. So where do you see yourself in five and 10 years? The ultimate question. (laughs) Um, In five years, my company, Vine Collective, hopefully, no, we will have, (laughs) we will have transformed 25 businesses, helping them to achieve their dreams and their passions of improving the world, empowering people, or enlivening the environment. I really want to make a difference on the environment. Uh, I feel like we're in a, a place in our world's history where we have big decisions to make, and I, I want to help make the right decisions in the right direction. I would like this podcast to be a known entity that is inspiring startups and passion-driven leaders to stay true, to lead through the inevitable challenges. I I want to be able to um, have conversations where people are honest about where they really messed up, but it, it, you know, what they learned from so that others can learn from those same, those same challenges or avoid them. And I also want to have written my autobiography and I want to be on a book tour to, uh, to talk about that because I feel like with the huge ups and the huge downs, there's a story to be told about there's never really a bottom. It's up to you. And there's never really a top. It's up to you. You can make those decisions to keep going and to change. That's cool. All right, we've got a speed round here. Last five questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, so these are really simple. What is your favorite word? Awesome. I say it way too much. (laughs) What sound or noise do you love? Laughter. Mostly children's laughter. There is nothing better than a really, like a tickle laugh. A good belly laugh. Yeah. yeah. Um, When I hear my kids laughing on their own and it's just really sincere. Or I'm in a restaurant and somebody just cackles really loud. That's usually me. But um, that's it's just ultimate joy. That's my favorite. And it's contagious. Mm, it is. <laughs> Smiles are contagious. Every every actually bodily language is contagious. What's your favorite curse word? Shit. Contagious as well. Yes. I have a short, <laughs> maybe not a short story on this. It's really funny. So theater degree, I was in a play. Um, one of my first, I think it was like freshman, sophomore year. It was The Tempest by Shakespeare. 
I was a nymph, so in this beautiful costume, long curled hair, beautiful makeup, and we're doing this almost like ballet-type dance, and it's very graceful. But the set for The Tempest is a craggy rock island, and uh, we had to do this forward you can't see me. I'm like gesturing this really, you know, <laughs> graceful thing, this lunge down. And it was like lunge forward toward the audience on a downhill, de- you know, decline. And there, you know, the, the set had chicken wire that had foam over it that would paint, was painted. And my foot went right through it. And it's Shakespeare. And I said, shit. <laughs> all to hear and it was a whisper but it was loud enough for the audience to hear it so that's funny yeah that's my i can't help but say that one okay last question if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates that's a great question i would like him to say you did your best and it was great that is awesome Thank you, thank you, thank you for your honesty and your candor. So many people are going to learn so much from this. I hope so. (laughs) This is just the beginning. (laughs) This is awesome. Thank you, Congratulations. Hey, so what did you think of MVP Business? If you liked it, please subscribe and tell all your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you didn't like it, don't just leave. Let me know what I can do to improve who you'd like to hear from and what you'd like to learn. The mission of MVP Business is to share the strengths and struggles of leaders who have successfully grown their businesses while staying true to their mission and vision so that other entrepreneurs can follow, knowing that the path isn't easy, but the journey's worth it. If you believe in this mission, please help by living it and sharing it. In the meantime, enjoy the day and live with passion. <laughs>